Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It's my pleasure to be here tonight, which is Friday, February 12th, 2010, in the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco. And as you've probably heard before and will hear again, we do record these interviews along with many of our other educational programs for podcasting. And you can go to the San Francisco Ballet website, sfballet.org, find the podcasts, find interviews with lots of the dancers and other personnel in the company, and you can always get casting information and updates about things that are coming along. So I really recommend it's a gorgeous website. I hope you're all familiar with it. This evening, which is, we are, let's see, we're well into program two, I think, and three, so all most losing track. Um, And uh, life is a fast-moving train, and the company is busy, and there are dancers having to step in for other dancers. And so we were very fortunate this evening that I'm going to be able to be in conversation with Deborah Bernard, who is San Francisco Ballet's general manager. And that is an amazing position. Every time I have a chat with um, Deborah or your predecessor, Leslie, I'm just um, amazed at the people that work behind the scenes, um, behind the wings, before the curtain goes up to make it all happen. So thank you, Deborah, for being with us. Welcome. Thank you, Mary. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. as um, I'm sure you've shared this experience, you open the page of the, the program booklet and you see this list of staff and there are these kind of mysterious titles and some of them sound a little overlapping. So I've asked Deborah, just start with your job description. You are the, ge- uh, the general manager. That's correct. Uh, the general manager is responsible for the overall daily administrative operations of the company in regards to um, the artistic department, music department, touring, uh, facilities management over at the theater. Um, My my role encompasses a broad range of responsibilities. I'm responsible for all of the negotiations of collective bargaining agreements with our seven unions. I'm responsible for overall touring, overseeing and assisting the company manager in that aspect, Um, and um, working with quite a wonderful group and team of people in order Mm -hmm. to make the the behind-the-scenes happen and to support our artists that are on the stage. That is is our role. Fairly broad (laughs) (laughs) role, and uh, probably a full day. Absolutely. Um, Quite long days, I might add. You have actually a very long history with San Francisco Ballet. And one of the things I find so wonderful about our art is that it's one great big huge family and web of interconnectedness. And you can't ever really get to six degrees of separation. But um, coming to this present position, you took this position a couple of years ago? About a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, I have to say, I first met Deborah, um, I don't even know if we should say how many years ago, but I was teaching adult ballet classes out on 18th Avenue in the old 
building. No, actually, it was in this building here. I swear I remember you <laughs> in Studio 4 down in the basement in the back. Well, if that was the case, that was even longer ago than I care to remember. <laughs> but um, what I remember is when mm-hmm. I was working at San Francisco Opera, and I used mm-hmm. to come across and take your ballet class to get a, a break from my role at the opera. Well, one of those cases, it's still many years yes. back, but you had obviously had a lot of good ballet training mm-hmm. because that's a memory I have is that you Thank were you. a pretty sharp-looking adult student. And um, then I sort of remember that you migrated onto the staff. Why don't you just quickly walk us through <laughs> your wonderful history here? Thank you, Mary. Um, I did study dance but not, I was never at the level, of course, of our company dancers. They're quite extraordinary, as I know you all know. Um, I segued into arts management first with San Francisco Opera. I had the pleasure of working in their technical department. I assisted their technical director. And it's a wonderful way to learn about production because, of course, opera productions are very large and larger than life. And from there, then, I segued over to the ballet. I worked initially for the general manager at that time, Joyce Moffat, I assisted her and was her liaison for our production department. And I, after I'd been with the company about two years, Helgi uh, approached Joyce and me and said, I'd like her to come and work directly with me. So I then worked directly with Helgi as his assistant and artistic administrator for 10 years. And oh God, it was that long. It was that long, right? And so I was at San Francisco Ballet for 12 years. I then took a brief hiatus. I had some adventures, uh, one of which was I went to New York City Ballet for four years, and I was their company manager. And then about a year and a half ago, I got a phone call. (laughs) And I was told, well, Leslie was leaving to take a wonderful opportunity elsewhere, and they thought I should apply for the position. So I was delighted to apply and to now return to where I call home. So I'm delighted to be back at San Francisco Ballet and back on the West Coast. Well, I would say you know um, the uh, the administrative aspects and the the huge um, life of a company like this from many points of view then. And I can only imagine that's an advantage. That has been a tremendous help to me. Um, it's wonderful to have experiences that are both from the artistic side of this organization as well as the administrative side. And it really assist then in your role in helping everyone work together to support the vision of Helgi, the artistic director on the stage, as well as to support the artists that are on the stage. Um, I think by working on both sides, then I have a real understanding also of what the artists are dealing with um, on a daily daily basis. Um, And um, they know that I I listen and appreciate what, what they do and the extraordinary commitment that it takes to do what they do. And yet on the other side, an understanding of what it takes administratively and financially to put the art on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it w- must have been interesting working for a companion company, the New York City Ballet, which is probably there's some generic commonalities, but there's probably some very different aspects but to um, to look at the company from the outside and then come back to it. Any observations that came to you during that period? 
Absolutely. I, I really appreciate the fact that I did um, have an experience with another major ballet company, which each company has its own culture and its own way of working. So it was a great benefit to be somewhere else for, for those four years. Um, then having a chance to see San Francisco Ballet when they came to New York um, in 2006 at the Lincoln Center Festival. I was working at New York City Ballet then and having a chance to then go see the performances and, and actually watch some studio rehearsals. It was exciting. I, there were a lot of dancers I didn't know by then. Um, and it's wonderful when you already have an established relationship with some of the artists and then with the director, with Helgi, and with Glenn McCoy, the executive director. Glenn and I actually started within one year of each other originally here at San Francisco Ballet, so that's been the other wonderful working relationship I've had over the years. So uh, Glenn started in 1987 originally, and I started in 1988, and we were both working for Joyce Moffat at the time, the general manager. So it's, it's having that wonderful history um, with some key people in the organization that then makes it such a wonderful team of working together. I'm caught, I'm struck by, well, a couple of threads, but um, an image just popped into my mind. I feel as though you are probably, and you can correct me if this image is way off, uh, like the mayor of a small village. The, the, the San Francisco Ballet Organization has, do you know off the tip of your tongue how many employees actually are on the payroll? Um, well, certainly seasonally, it's much more than it is, uh-huh. you know, during the, the uh, times when we're not performing. Uh, boy, I should know this better than I do. Um, we have about 100 staff that are here year-round. Um, then, of course, we have a company of dancers. We are now at 72. We have 68 dancers and four apprentices. We have an orchestra that uh, we have 49 musicians that part of the basic orchestra, but then we augment with a lot of regular uh, season, what we call season substitutes. Um, and then we have a stage crew and wardrobe staff and wig and makeup. And that all varies depending on the productions that we're doing. So I want to say we've got 400 people working for us during the season, but that's, that is an estimate. That's a, a guess. Um, it's, it, involves an incredible number of professionals coming from different, you know, areas of expertise to, to put on what you see on the stage. And they're all amazing um, experts at, at what they do. And they, they bring a great deal of professionalism, as you can tell, from what you see on the stage to, to their craft. But you're also working with, the, and I think it's fair to say, the support personnel that include accountants and the public relations staff, and the facilities staff, and that they all have to do what they do in order to get the dancers on stage. It's not just dancing and music. That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we indeed have, of course, a full finance department. Mm-hmm. We have a development department that does all of our fundraising, or we wouldn't be able to be here, um, and a marketing and PR staff. And um, we indeed have a facilities team to keep up our wonderful building that we have the pleasure of being in. It was one of the first buildings for dance built in this country, and everyone greatly admires what we have, and we greatly appreciate what we have here. Um, we have beautiful studio space. The fact that there, we're right across the street from our performance um, space is, mm-hmm. is a gift. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we have a wonderful team of people that also take care of, of that. We have a warehouse. Um, there is a scene shop where we build our scenery. So we indeed have uh, our facilities manager takes care of not just our building, but the warehouse. We have a Jackson Street residence for the school students, for some of the school students. So he is responsible for all of those um, facilities for us. So a mayor of a small village or of a medium-sized village is not far off. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Another image that uh, keeps recurring is that of family. And it's an old tradition that goes back to the beginning of theater, prehistorically, <clears throat> that, that there are theater families. One thinks of the stereotypical circus families. And <clears throat> sorry, we have dance families linked by blood. But I think that the, the atmosphere that exists... Um, between the dancers and the support staff oftentimes becomes that way. I agree. And then it goes out. It links out. And that's why I was thinking New York City Ballet is they're the cousins. <laughs> and um, the opera are some slightly more distant cousins. But everybody kind of knows everybody at some level. It's a very small world in the arts world. And indeed, uh, going to New York City Ballet, there were people I had worked with in my roles, my previous roles here. So that was a pleasure. It made me feel a little bit more comfortable when I first walked in the door. Um, and then since Helgi Thomason danced there for 15 years, they, of course, most of them who'd been there, um, ballet masters and, of course, Peter mm -hmm. Martins, they all knew mm -hmm. Helgi. Mm -hmm. So it was like having this entree, if you mm -hmm. will, into the distant family um, because I had mm -hmm. worked here and had the relationships I have here. But indeed... Um, the artists and the staff, it, it is like a family. Um, everyone appreciates, the artists greatly appreciate the other people who work there to help them, you know, the people in finance who, you know, are the ones who do their paychecks. Um, those people are always appreciated, as you can imagine. But every person who has a role in, in, in um, supporting what we do. Um, stepping out from that, can you, um, again, off the tip of your tongue, list those seven unions that you work with? Absolutely. AGMA is the Union for the Dancers, Associated Guild of Musical Artists. The musicians are AFFM, Local 6, so, um, Association, no, American Federation of Musicians, mm -hmm. Local 6. The stagehands are Local 16, IATSE, which is International Association of Theatrical and Stage Employees, Local 16. Wardrobe is also IATSE Local 784. Uh, wig and makeup is IATSE Local 706. And the box office in front of house personnel is IATSE B18. Did I forget anybody? B18, 706, 784. Uh, sorry, AGMA, AFFM. I've forgotten one, haven't I? Got the dancers. Dancers, musicians, stagehands, wardrobe, wig and makeup. Box office. But that's a lot of contracts. Yes, that's a lot keep, of contracts. To keep, your, <laughs> to keep track of. Man. Um, I'm taking all of this structure now that you've been the mayor of this village. Um, planning with Helgi Thomas, and you talked about supporting and working with him on his vision. Mm -hmm. um, let's look, look out now. And how does the planning work? Who, where do you, 
you meet with Helgi. He has a brainstorm. You have a brainstorm. <laughs> Give us a little picture, a little flavor of that. Um, Helgi's usually the one who has the brainstorms. Um, I'm there to help make that happen. Um, so often I will either meet with Helgi or it will be Helgi and Glenn McCoy and myself. Um, Helgi plans out the seasons, uh, does the programming. It's then turned over to us to start doing the planning and the budgeting and reaching out to, he does the initial invitation, of course, to any choreographer that he's bringing in, any commission uh, that he wants to make. Um, if it's uh, a ballet we've done before, I will then often reach out to that person or that agent or that estate um, to get the rights to do the ballet again. And that process starts happening at least a year in advance. If it's a full length, it can happen even much further in advance than that. You have to get your design team in place a good couple of years in advance and your budgeting in place and your fundraising in place if you're taking on a major thing like a, a new full-length ballet. Touring needs to be planned out at least a couple of years in advance. Um, trying to have the, f the forethought to do it, like where do we want to be able to go in the next 10 years um, or the next five years? Where, what places in the world are we trying to get to? to um, but it's not just about having the company seen worldwide. It's about making sure the artists have time on the stage. So if we do not tour, the artists finish the season here the first week of May, and then they don't get back on the stage till we open Nutcracker, and that's in December. So that's a good you know, six, seven months out of the year they wouldn't be on the stage if we did not find opportunities to tour so that they have an opportunity to perform um, during that other part of the year. So that's why we always are looking for a touring opportunity every year, and usually in the late summer, early fall. And there have been some pretty sensational tours. I know that um, I'm trying to remember a year and a half now since you've been here. Um, was there Europe? Was there? No, since I've been here. It was I, the American tour. The American right? tour. I came just before we embarked on the American tour, which was to four cities in the United States. So. I started in August of 2008, and we went to Chicago in September of that year, New York in October, and then Orange County and Washington, D.C. Uh, in November. So we did those four cities. Then um, last fall, we went to China. So we went to, to Shanghai and Beijing in September. We were there uh, three weeks. I was actually there three and a half weeks. I went in advance of the dancers to um, do a little pre-planning. I'm sure that talking about touring could take us another half hour. Mm -hmm. um, are there sort of, um, let's just say things that we might find interesting that come up when you take this institution and go <laughs> halfway around the world to China? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the thing we learned about China, the thing we were told, we did an advanced trip in preparation. So on an advanced trip, I will, I will go, the company manager will go, our production manager, and we also, um, our master carpenter also went with us last May to China. We needed to see what the theater spaces looked like, what the hotels would be like, what the conditions would be, and we were told by the American embassy and consulate in Shanghai and Beijing, the key to doing business in China is flexibility. So we quickly learned that things would change uh, all through our preparatory time up until when we got there, and they continued to change after we got there. So conditions that we thought we were going to have might have shifted, um, and we had to, to roll with it. And it, it was wonderful to see how people did that. 
um, how our crew was amazing and rose to the occasion time and again, the dancers, everyone did. Um, but uh, one key thing we learned was the signing of the contracts, the beginning of the negotiation, and that was really true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that again. The signing of the contract is the beginning of the negotiation. Well, so when the company goes, for instance, to Europe, um, it's a little more of a known quantity. Yes. Maybe a little more straightforward. A little bit more straightforward. It's still, depending on where you're going in Europe, of course, there's always an adjustment to a different culture, a different way of doing things. Um, there's always the pre-planning of when you're taking that many people on the road of airline flights and hotels and work visas and that all the planning and detail and logistics that, that go into that. Um, I can imagine that it would be a real assignment for somebody to get visas for a company as international as ours. Yes, indeed. Um, going to China, oh boy, how many nationalities? I want to, are we 20? No, I forget how many different nationalities are in the company, but a lot. So indeed, when you're traveling to another um, country, you know, U.S. citizens, there may be certain guidelines or rules for work visas for U.S. citizens, but then indeed different ones for French or Russian or Cuban or South American. So um, those can be changes. And Canadian and whoever. Goodness sakes. Um, We've saved a few minutes. I'm sure that some of you have questions for Deborah Bernard, our um, general manager. Let's start with that one there. From your perspective, how are you seeing the world of ballet changing? I have been struck by how much um, new media and social media has been being integrated into how we get our message out to the community and to our audience and to reaching new audiences. Um, I have to admit, I'm I'm a bit more old-fashioned and... Um, it's taken me a bit of an adjustment to get used to that. But I see how effective it has been. Our own dancers, of course, they text, they blog, they Twitter, they're on Facebook. And it's a very effective way of communicating with your audience and reaching new people. Um, We are doing a very exciting uh, new media thing for the first time this coming Wednesday. We have a community matinee on Wednesday. And we are going to be streaming that community matinee um, to middle and high schools. And we're very excited to be, to be doing that. This will be the first time we have tried this. Um, we will evaluate, of course, after we've done it to see um, how it's received and whether or not we can expand on that and have an opportunity then not to just reach the students who come to the Opera House, but to reach out to those in the schools who couldn't come to the Opera House that day. So um, we've gotten permission from all the unions to do this experiment, and we're very excited about it. But it, I have to admit, it's, that's been a big adjustment and change for me. Um, I've been one who's always grown up you know, coming to the theater and reaching out in more traditional ways to, to your audience. And um, it's been an exciting one, but an adjustment. Fun. It will be fun to, to read the the. Assessment. Yes. Because, wow. Um, another question. Yes. What are the biggest differences between San Francisco Ballet and New York City Ballet? Well, size for one, um, we have a company of a, 
as I mentioned earlier, 68 dancers and four apprentices. When I was at New York City Ballet, there were a company of about 100 dancers and 10 apprentices. So that is a, a very big difference in size. Um, the, the repertory, they still do varied repertory, but of course a lot more Balanchine and Robbins, but they do um, other new choreographers as well. They have the Diamond Project, which they do on a, a fairly regular basis, and they do full-length ballets as well. But they have... Part of the big difference is they have more time in their home theater. So they have a, a winter season and a spring season and a regular residency in Saratoga Springs in mean, upstate New York every summer. They don't tour very often, but when I was there, we actually, um, almost every year I was there, we went somewhere uh, in the fall. So they have many more performance weeks in general than we do. Um, their dancers have about... They're guaranteed 38 work weeks, and I remember at the time I was there, of those 38 work weeks, 28 were performance weeks. That's a very, very high number. So they are constantly, as they're rehearsing in another ballet, they're performing that night a different ballet. So it's that, um, that is a, it's just slightly, slightly, it is a different way of working, um, and the fact that they have more opportunity to be on the stage. Um, so that's what, part of what we're trying to find and make sure that we have opportunities for our dancers to be on stage more. So whether it be touring, whether we find something else in the fall here locally where we, our artists can be on the stage. Good question. Yeah. Um, got a couple more minutes. Let's go here. Um, the question was, did I have an opportunity to work with Lafayette Mansouri when I was with San Francisco Opera? Actually, no. I was there during the time Terry McEwen was general director. That's a good question. And compare working with a, a general director at the opera compared to an artistic director at a ballet company. Now, when I worked at the opera, I was in the technical department, so I was a little bit more removed um, from the general director's office. But... Um, Opera and ballet companies are run very differently, and each one, actually each ballet company is run uniquely, um, so I'm sure opera companies are as well. Um, in an opera company, in my experience, the general director has oversight of both administrative and artistic, um, and uh, or did at the time I was there under, uh, when Terry McCune was there, working... Um, I remember one of the things that really struck me when I went from the opera to the ballet was opera, of course, has to plan even further out than, than ballet does because their artists are booked so much, so many more years in advance. And then I came over to the ballet, and all of a sudden, you know, it was like, no, we got to get that production on the stage, like, in a couple of weeks. It's like, really? <laughs> um, so some of the immediacy of, of that was very different. Um, in our structure, in our company, the ballet company, San Francisco Ballet, um, Helgi certainly uh, has a voice in, in, in everything, but our executive director is the one who has uh, the real reins of the administrative side, you know, in charge of fundraising, in charge of marketing. And then I work, I report to the executive director, though I work closely with Helgi, obviously, as well. 
I'm sorry, we just heard the, um, some of you might have heard the half-hour bellow, which is our cue, um, to begin to wrap things up. For those of you who did come in after we started, um, I've been in conversation with General Manager Deborah Bernard, who has been giving us an amazing overview and behind-the-scenes look with great detail of what it takes to get the company on stage. And you're about to see them on stage. It's a wonderful program. Is. I know you're going to enjoy it. So um, go to the website in between shows, but do come back to, to the theater because old-fashioned us, we <laughs> like it here in the theater. Thanks again. Enjoy the performance tonight. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Mary.